Welcome back to our podcast with AMC. I'm doing pretty good myself. Enjoying the warm weather lately, I will say. Oh, yeah. So, Bradley was unable to make it, as you know, um, to the show tonight due to him being a Jangus. But uh, regardless of that, we have some juicy topics to discuss. Um, some of them topics are, uh, we're going to start off with some Chinese balloons, UFOs, and uh, potentially an alien sighting in Australia. Moving on to Tech 101, we will be discussing the weekly advancing chat GPT and Bing integration and how that's moving along, just a continuation of last week. Um, we'll do a broad overview of a video game named Boundless, something that we all have close to us, uh, been playing for years. <clears throat> so I know we're very excited to discuss that. Moving on from that, we'll discuss the idea of social media. Is it a monopoly? It's a good question. A lot of controversy over that lately. So, And then lastly, we will end our discussion with a category called the dark and unsolved. Uh, we're going to be going over a very popular unsolved case by Laura's Mid-Tank. But first, let's go ahead, and Anthony, you go ahead and get us started off some fun facts. Absolutely excited for the rest of the show. And for now, let's do some fun facts. Uh, fact number <laughs> one, USA was supposed to adopt the metric system, but the ship carrying the standardized meter and kilogram was hijacked by pirates in 1793, and the measurement never made it to the United States. <laughs> huh. So, that's why we're the only one. Yeah, we were like, yeah, I mean, pirates took it. Not our problem. We never tried again, I guess. Just <laughs> gave up on that. Yeah. You know, it makes me wonder uh, the future of that, too. Being that we are the only one. That's, uh makes me wonder how long that'll last, or if that's up for debate, being that I think they cut out the daylight savings time this year, didn't they? Yeah, I think they are, so should yeah. be interesting. <laughs> Might be all metric eventually. <laughs> Fact number two is in 1998, part of the hull of the Titanic was recovered and is now displayed at the Luxor Casino in Las Vegas. Visitors are given a boarding pass with a name of a passenger and find out the fate of that passenger at the end of the ex- exhibition. That's fantastic. That's just like a lot of people told me never being to Vegas. The first time you go there, you don't even need to gamble. You just want to go in and see everything. You just want to go into the casinos and look at the architecture and everything. And just that right there just goes to show it's even more. That'd be extremely cool to go through. (laughs) Absolutely. The question I have is if you do not survive, do they throw you in water? Hmm. <laughs> Very interesting fact. Um, question number three. 
When John F. Kennedy was shot in the head, doctors gave him a blood transfusion in an attempt to save his life. This is a standard procedure because a gunshot to the head is not always a death sentence. Around 42% of civilians shot in the head survive, even when the wound causes massive brain trauma. It is survivable. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Although they do say that, you know, as, as worried as we are and as safe as we try to be, which is obviously a good thing, they do say that the human body can endure a, a pretty large amount before it gives out. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that number's a lot higher than I would think it would be. Yeah. It's almost a 50-50. Yeah, but I mean, a shot to the brain, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the final one. When bears hibernate, they hold it in for almost half a year. This is due to a fecal plug that forms in their lower intestine and prevents them from pooping while hibernating. So what I think I just heard myself say is kind of like mustard. The hole gets plugged. and you got to squeeze that plug out. Which I can't imagine being comfortable. Oh no. Do we know the. I wonder if these days how modern we are and if we know the force at which that generally comes out at. (laughs) Might have to look into that. How many kilograms are produced? (laughs) How many newtons of energy? What would be on, on South Florida, uh, Curex? How many Curex it is? <laughs> I believe that's the official <laughs> measurement for two. What is the momentum? <laughs> I think that leads us into our first topic here, which is the Chinese balloons, the UFOs, quote-unquote, and a potential alien sighting in Australia. Yo, what is going on right now? It's as if it wasn't enough. <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff happening around the world. What? <laughs> I, th- I think we're on our fourth balloon now. Yeah, I mean, they're not even calling them balloons anymore. They're just calling them UFOs. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to understand. But yeah, so far I'm following. There's like four. And yeah. I haven't... We've only recovered one, I think. Yeah. And that was the confirmed Chinese balloon. I saw there was one up near Alaska. Yeah, I mean, I I think they said it landed on, I guess, an iceberg. And the wind chill there right now is negative 50. (laughs) I don't think, I don't know how fast frostbite sets in at negative 50. Imagine it's going to be pretty quick there. So I know hmm. we didn't get that one. Uh, the other two fell into Canadian territory, so we're working with them to recover those. So interesting to see what we find from all of these balloons. We've already got some information on the Chinese one that was shot down off the coast of the Carolinas. Uh, yeah, spying on 40 some countries, I think they said. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see how this plays out um i don't follow a lot of news you know actively and but 
now that this is becoming pretty consistent, I'm starting to wonder, like, is this all China, and what are they, why? What is going on here? <laughs> yeah, I mean. And why aren't more people, or especially the government, asking that? The question, the, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like there is still a lack of government response, or concern, I, I should say lack of concern for the severity of what's going on potentially maybe that's a public front but i don't understand how they were planning on getting these balloons back it's a thing you know what i mean like yeah they just expect to get the flight back to china perfectly well i don't think they care about the balloons so much as the data that it was to collect so i mean (laughs) you know as long as it collects the data that's all they care about it can go wherever I guess. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not. They're not spying anymore. No. I mean, supposedly, they, the Chinese government says they shot down the UFO now. But then, I think I saw an article that suggested that the balloon, the first one, actually flew over and would have potentially been able to map all of the missile silos and most of the important stuff in the United States anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty public knowledge. Yeah. So, I don't think it matters that much. Um, Comes down to it. Everyone's going to have a horrible time if nuclear war is what's going on. Yeah, let's just generally... Keep to ourselves. (laughs) Stop sending balloons at each other. Valentine's Day is over. Balloon thing's weird, man. We haven't used balloons in this country to spy since the Civil War. Maybe China is just trying to make peace with us because they're sending us Valentine's Day balloons. They got here way too soon. They were just trying to be friendly. (laughs) It's interesting. Like We just shoot down stuff. We don't know what it is. <laughs> Just start yeah. blasting the thing. There's theories, man, that they're literally weather balloons that our own citizens set up and now <laughs> get shot down. <laughs> imagine, imagine you save up, like, as a kid, you're, like, 12, and you save up 120 bucks or whatever for this balloon kit, and your government shoots it down. <laughs> yeah, Save twelve hundred bucks up. The government comes out with an F twenty two and burns <laughs> probably close to a million dollars. Getting rid of it, <laughs> you'd be traumatized like your balloon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got sad when I just lost a normal balloon as a kid. Actually, yeah. no whole weather balloon. <laughs> He's just trying to do a little bit of science. That's all. <laughs> But no, I think it's interesting. But what I found yeah. really interesting is the video that came out of Australia. This, yeah. This video could only be recorded in Australia. There's well, things that are said. Watching that, yeah. Just Australia things. They handled it well. I think Australia was the... They represented us as humans well. <laughs> they were not afraid. I mean, you wake up every day in Australia and 20 things try to kill you immediately, so. He was cautious, but he wasn't running away from it. He held his ground. 
I think he went after it at one point, didn't he? I don't even think he was cautious. The alien leaves, and he's like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, he really he wanted to talk to it or something. What do you mean? Where is he going? He's going home. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be talking to an alien <laughs> standing there. It, it was like, what, like probably 20 yards in front of this guy? Yeah, it was close, but... As much fun as it is, I do go to be the downer with it and and say that maybe there's a possibility with all the you hear of deep fakes, all the deep fake technology coming out with with their it's specific like photo and image editing AI that can like perfectly transform one thing onto another and makes you wonder is that stuff getting good enough or is this really it? It's so hard to believe anything anymore. We go back to the Bigfoot thing here and just maybe it's a dude in a costume. Yeah, just, it could just be like Billy Madison trying to put a brown paper bag with some shit on it on his porch and run away. <laughs> I mean, could be. I don't know. I guess we'll see how it unfolds. <laughs> The only other place that the aliens could have gotten that same reaction is probably Florida. Yeah, I can see Florida. I mean, they deal with crocodiles and armadillos on a daily basis. Oh. Three paps, blue ribbons in, so. And one of my friends during the hurricane, the most recent hurricane that they were all partying through, he sent me a picture of a crocodile. They were having like a garage party while I was like pouring out and hurricane and all that. <laughs> and they opened the garage door up and there was a crocodile just chilling in the in the driveway. <laughs> I, I mean, there's it's like a straight up eight nine foot long crocodile, like just chilling. What's going on, guys? <laughs> there's two places on this earth that produce people that are willing to. Jump on the backs of what are basically dinosaurs. Yeah. And that's Australia and Florida. Yeah. I mean, they do it in Louisiana, but that's, it's a whole different scenario down there. They, they can't even speak English properly for the most part. Speaking there in dialect back down there. So, really can't group them all together. It's mainly in the bayous. Kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it's like like us us Yenzers over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Soda pop. Disgraceful. Pop, give me a pop. Oh, no. I'll take a Pepsi. <laughs> Yens. What's What's better than what is it? Water. Oh, it's not water. It's water. Yeah. <laughs> For the record, I don't say water. I say water. So Yeah. I know how to speak English. Uh, got a couple friends that don't, so use guys leave us alone. I mean <laughs> the city of Philadelphia as a whole is not a great place. <laughs> Recently I've never been there. Ball, and 
they were greasing up the pole. It didn't even matter if the Eagles won that game or lost that game. Somebody was going to climb those poles. Cars were going to be flipped and set on fire. It's just how it works. <laughs> the people are different. Yeah. Both different. It's not normal. You'll have that. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up the whole Chinese balloon situation. I mean, might be more information coming on them, hopefully. We'll get confirmation whether or not we attack aliens or not. So, Yeah, I'm definitely going to be following that. <laughs> so. That leads us into the chat GPT and Bing integration. Yeah, so... <clears throat> They officially announced that, and by they, I mean Bing has officially announced that they are launching their AI-powered Bing search engine integration with the Edge browser, um, which is fully integrated with the AI Copilot made for the web based out of the chat GPT bot. But it like you said last week, it was completely optimized up and enhanced for the specific use case. Um, Satya Nadella, which is the chairman and CEO of Microsoft, specifically said in a statement, today we're launching Bing and Edge powered by AI Copilot and chat to help people get more from search and the web. So... They claim to have around 10 billion search queries a day, but we estimate half of them go unanswered. I wonder what the number for Google is. Yeah, I'm really curious. I don't think I mean, those goes unanswered on Google. No. There's a lot of buzz around ChatGPT there right now. I think Bing does have something going for them. If they implement this right, it might be a revolution. Yeah. revolutionary to the software industry as far as search and potentially trickling out to everything else. So I'm I'm really following this each week. I'm real interested to see how this plays out. Now, does Google have uh, AI that they developed that they might be thinking about integrating into Google Search? Oh, I'm sure, because Google, I believe it's TensorFlow is their... Google's AI program. So I'm sure they have all sorts of AI and different technologies. Don't quote me because I don't know for sure, but I'm sure all of the bigger companies have to some extent AI, but Google especially would surprise me if they weren't already in that sector. So I feel like with Bing rolling it out, it's safer than if Google rolled it out. Because people don't have high expectations when they use Bing. I don't really know anybody that uses Bing over Google. Um, yeah. The last I heard about Bing was they bought Yahoo. I don't know. There's more than that. It's developed. And they're aware of that, that they're not as relevant. There's articles that Microsoft is, you know, they're trying to address that. So, we'll see where I they guess. get instead of it's better product. Yeah, absolutely. So, definitely exciting to watch this unfold, and uh, 
kind of interested to see where Apple's going to come in with all of this, too. They've been pretty quiet on the uh, AI and assistant stuff lately, and I know not a lot of people are very fond of Siri, even iPhone users. I know myself, I use a Google Home, but I have an iPhone. Same. So, um, we'll see what Apple has to say, too. Hopefully, here come the development console that's coming up soon. I think there was uh, data that was released that Siri might be the most abused assistant. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> doesn't surprise me. Most people have Apple's iPhones and Apple products, so it's kind of, you figure that people are going to abuse that on a larger scale, but I think even with the percentages of abuse based on 100 users tired of Apple. Yeah, plus software, AI software is starting to become exploited. I've been starting to do some research into people utilizing chat GPT uh, for monetization purposes, not how they're doing it. I'm not sure, but that might be something to discuss in a later show. Yeah, we'll have to bring that up in the future. Yeah, because I am curious to see how that's what all is going on there. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting to see how people are monetizing what seems to be a free software. It's obvious that Microsoft has it free, so we can learn. It develops kind of like a mine. Um, I've not really a tech person, but I've seen the mapping. It is very much like the neuron with the data it collects and how it interacts. It just remembers yeah. each interaction and learns from each interaction how it should respond in the future. And I find that very interesting. Yeah, that's a lot of it is modeled off of I think what they know in the biological field as far as the biological brain goes. So, um, what I think is scary though is how soon before they realize that they're smarter than us. Yeah, even if you still get a given capability though. If they don't have physical capability, it doesn't matter how. Because I know there's a big, big controversy with AI, and it could be dangerous. And yeah, although that is true, it's as easy as cutting the power. Yeah, but imagine 10 years from now, Google fully integrates it. The AI goes rogue, and it has full control over Google Search, at which point, Google has to shut down Google Search. Yeah, that would be extremely detrimental. <laughs> but we need to study it, though. You know, like I, I know Facebook years ago, they created an AI and they matched it with a second AI that and allowed them to communicate, see what would happen within a lab environment. And what they found was over time, the two AI bots learn to communicate and develop their own language to communicate uh, encrypted amongst each other. 
That's a so they, it's creepy, but uh, you know, as creepy as it is, I think that should have been studied. They shouldn't have just pulled the plug on that. That's very interesting. See where that goes. I mean, it was contained within a lab environment. <laughs> yeah, but the second those bots learn how to hack, yeah, it could really very quickly breach and get into very important sectors. Yeah, they'd, they'd have to certainly have the right testing environment set up. Uh, isolated network. A LAN that doesn't connect to any internet service provider so it can't, like, spread. Yes. But I don't know. I'd almost rather Facebook study it than some random person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what Joe Schmo starts studying stuff, that's when we're going to have real problems. Yeah, and currently you can. Anyone has access to TensorFlow, which is Google's AI software. believe it's open source to an extent. I'm sure somebody's out there having TensorFlow talk to ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah. They're going to develop their own languages, you watch. They'll take chat GBT will be the owner. GPT. <laughs> um, so that... Still an old ice cream that just sidetracked me there. <laughs> I was going to... I was going to say, moving on to uh, Boundless here. Oh, video man. game. I feel like you have a better understanding of the beginning of the game. I kind of came in in the middle of it. It's lifespan at this point. Yeah, so Boundless started, let's see, uh, about 10 years ago. It started in my life, I guess, is whenever I noticed it. It was originally considered or called ORT online. It was O O R T online. Um which actually ORT stones basically the backbone of that game. So I think I where they originally had that name come from. Later changing it to boundless. But they were selling um early access packs because they were teasing for a long time and in the game i believe had crowdfunding and other other ventures that they were doing it, it was a um united kingdom based company i believe um yeah but they had a partnership with square enix america which is a subsidiary of sony i believe yes so that's kind of how they started off we uh well, myself and a friend, Jared, actually purchased uh, early access content packs or creator, I forget what it was, like backer packs. And it was kind of like, hey, thanks for the donation to the game. It's not finished yet, but you can play what's there. Um, and we were given access to what was pretty mechanically a broken game, but you could see the potential in it. Like, wow, this is actually already better than Minecraft if they could just fix the mechanics in it. It's like a more 
robust, graphically robust version of Minecraft. More advanced, not as just calm and relaxing version. It's more engaging and of a game. So it's not so much better than Minecraft, but it's different. Yeah. So. Guess that kind of brings into where I come in. Yeah. With you guys having played this game previously and um, got us, got basically everybody into it. Um, the game is kind of like Minecraft in the sense that it is a voxel. Um, outside of being a voxel, there aren't many parallels to Minecraft. No. That's, you're right. I mean, just in the building aspect alone, Minecraft, you have squares, and unless you have a mod installed, you have squares. That's it. This game has chisels and where you can change shapes of blocks, make things look much smoother. Just the building aspect alone is much better. Not to mention the game is built on an online cloud-only platform so there is no servers no open source nothing which you could that could be a double-bladed sword it could be a pro and a con but i think in this case it's a pro yeah because the i think you know minecraft did a good thing with doing what they did because they released content packs and expand the game but they allowed developers to go out and monetize and develop it. I know while I was in college for CompSci, I developed Minecraft server for something to do. I was good experience. And I even made a little bit of cash off of it. So I think uh, they both have their place. Absolutely. And I think it's a what I would consider a grown-up version of Minecraft. Yeah. And That's how game, everyone describes it. Yeah. It's, the game's 10 years old in a sense, but at the same time. It doesn't feel like something that was made 10 years ago. No. Uh, It feels like something that was just released still. Um, And I don't want to shit on the previous developers and all that, but the game stagnated. They allowed the game to stagnate, and I don't know if they didn't have the money, the time, whatever it is, the team. They just kind of neglected Minecraft, uh, not Minecraft, uh, Boundless, put it on the back burner and just let it set. Which, I mean, the community is very vocal. And when I first started playing the game, the community was very supportive of developers of the game. And that kind of, over the course of two and some years, turned into kind of a hostile environment. Um, I don't think they handled it well. Uh, basically, now the way the communication works, there is a forum site for the game. Any yeah. they're found, you go there, you can talk to other people, play the game there, stuff like that. The developers yeah. for basically a year said nothing. Just entire blackout. And that leads us to why we were actually discussing this game. Um... September 11th is the anniversary of the game being released. On that date, the previous developers announced that the game was bought by a new company named Monumental Games, and they're going to be overtaking 
development of the game from there. Um, which is very exciting because though it's a great game to play now, the potential is there for it to be a thousand times better. Like, the game has the potential to overtake Minecraft as the lead boxer. Yeah. And I think uh, the the survival series, or the survival genre, I should say, as a whole in gaming, I really feel like it needs to break out. Like, Battle Royale broke out, first-person shooters and all that stuff broke out. I don't feel like survival games have broke out yet. Like yeah. a good survival game for, especially for consoles, for console compatible at least. Yeah, they've been there, just kind of in the background. Like you have every once in a while, one will pop up, people play it for two months, and that's it. Yeah, it hasn't been something stable, and this has the potential to be that stable game. Um, player base right now is small, and again, don't want to shit on the previous producers and developers of the game, but. It's kind of like they didn't spend any of the money that they got from A for the release packages, some of which I think went for, what, $1,000 of that range. And people Here's around 4500 for the top package. Yeah. As well as backing from Square Enix. doesn't seem like they spent any money on marketing of the game nah. at all. So it's a miracle that the game even took off. It's a miracle that there's players playing the game. And, I mean, the community we have now is very dedicated to the game. There's a good good group of people who are there. They play the game actively. And they make sure things run correctly. And basically, the community has taken over the game, is the, the point here. Um, the game works through a portal system. So there is probably, at this point, over 100 planets um, People can purchase their own planets and design your planet, make the colors, all that type of stuff, which are called Sovereign Worlds. But I think there's, what, like 20-some actual home planets? Yeah, that are just permanent. Yeah. So the way the game works is there's portals, which are fueled by ore, which allow you to travel from planet to planet, basically instantaneously. You're moving from one server to another server. It's planets based in U.S. East servers, U.S. West servers, Australia, and Europe. And it's a very smooth transition from one server to the next. Yeah, that was actually something they've been touted for since the very, very beginning, including in beta mode. How smooth of a transition they could do server-to-server handoffs. So, fun fact. Shit, man, like 2013, Call of Duty was still migrating post in the middle of a goddamn match. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have their servers figured out, and think about how big Activision is. It's a massive company. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's amazing how a small team Yeah, can it's impressive accomplish. what they accomplished, and it's a shame that they, for whatever reason, put that on the back burner and basically focused on other projects that weren't even developed by them. They were just co-developing and helping out. Um, yeah. How you can neglect something and kind of give up on something that had so much potential to become huge and massive. I think that's why we wanted to cover it. I think the more exposure it gets, the better. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever reach Monty, who is the owner of Monumental. If you want to come on and discuss the game and the plans you have for the future of the game, that would be awesome. 
Yeah, for sure. Absolutely would love to have that conversation with you. We've, um, we've I know. collectively spent thousands of hours in game and Absolutely. years. I've remastered the forge, redeveloped the forge in game, taught so many people how to forge. Which I won't even go into that because it's that's a whole story on its own. But <laughs> but it's a story we'd love to discuss with you, and I think with the game now as it is, to make the game now as it is work, the community has to grow. And yeah. putting this out there is only going to make that happen. It won't make anybody leave the game. So I think yeah. it's a great thing that we've discussed it, and I hope to see some of our listeners join into the Balanced community. Um, if you do want to check out our town, we are on this planet called Raxa. You'll understand what that is if you actually play the game. <laughs> Come check us out. We're Tim Bob City. Um, yeah, I mean, the game's absolutely awesome. And I don't want to stop talking about it because I feel like there's so much we haven't covered. It, yeah. We haven't gotten into the economy of the game like that on its own. Yeah, it, it's it's something one must honestly go watch some videos Read the official game description. Go to the forums. Sign up for the forums before you purchase it. Just read the forums. Get a feel for the community. Um, and, and you can see that. There's some resource websites that integrate with uh, what the economy, like uh, Boundless, Universal, something. Yeah, Trade Tracker. Like yeah. So I, there's there's a lot of research. It's a pretty hefty game. This is yeah. not just a casual uh, throw together and I'll have fun with it for a week and put it down. Uh, if you get into Boundless, you can spend thousands of hours Absolutely. into this game. It, as Even as a group of friends, thousands individually each. Well, I highly recommend you join as a group, I think. Yeah, it's way better. Game. Playing with friends is always going to make your experience better with that, especially on Boundless. Um, if you're yeah. a shy person, <laughs> it could be daunting to do things. Um, but yeah, I feel like check it out. We'll have the uh, link for the forums down in the description below for you guys. And just go ahead and click on there. Uh, I don't even know if you have to sign up, but I think you can just go on there and browse the forums. I know there's multiple threads about what people have built and that will kind of give you an insight into what the building within the game looks like. There's threads on the economy of the game, stuff like that. And it's, it's just something you have to experience to get that full boundless feeling. You could honestly go on for hours about yeah. every aspect of that game because there's so much to it. To explain it, I believe if you can understand dimensions of a block, a voxel block in Minecraft. I believe a block is made up of eight smaller blocks. I could be wrong, but it, it's the gist of it. In Boundless, you would... I think it's 4x that with the chisels. As far as precision goes and the quality and detail that you can put into your builds. Where, you know, Minecraft has half slabs... Or they have tiles, full blocks, or stairs. Boundless has 
all of that, but then they have subtle things in between where you can really fine tune your, your build, uh, utilizing chisels and things like that. But that's, I don't want to get too far in because there's so much. This is one of them games that if you, two people that were experienced sat down with somebody that didn't know the game, but wanted to know it an hour later, you just leave completely overwhelmed. There's so much knowledge to get. Yeah. You I just got to play it. <laughs> that was like my first experience. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this game. Yeah. Because there was, there's so much information. And I do want to mention, we're not, we're not endorsed by them by any means or anything. It's just, okay. This is just a personal shout out to Boundless as a game. Um, you know, it's been fantastic being a part of it and just want to let people know about it. So we're not being paid to say this or anything. This is just how we feel. We wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> yeah, no. no sponsorships yet. <laughs> no. Nah. So I think that leads us past Boundless. Again, if you want to check out more, absolutely Google, look on YouTube. Go in the description. Mm-hmm. We have the forums there. You'll yeah. get a general gist of what the game is, and if you decide to buy it, welcome. <laughs> yeah, definitely check us out. Get a hold of us somehow. Yep, we uh, again live on Raxa, Tim Bob City. Shouldn't be hard to find us. Our color scheme on the game is very, very similar to what our logo is. Yeah. So. That leads us into a big topic. A big debate. Question is, is social media a monopoly? Man, I feel like you could go on for hours about this one. It's I don't even know where to begin, you know, being being in tech. I hate to, uh, you know, talk bad about it, but you always got to be real with yourself and, and what's going on around you. Um, yeah, I think it is. I think there is a monopoly within the social media sector, and I think it's, you know, obviously meta. <laughs> I mean, Facebook, Instagram. What else do they have? Do they have TikTok? No, they have... Uh... WhatsApp. Yeah, WhatsApp, which that was a massive controversial application. That was in the category of, uh, what would you say, Snapchat, where WhatsApp was used for the longest time for teens to, I guess, encryptedly uh, transfer information and things maybe they shouldn't be as far as yes. drug communications, dealings, and potential nudes so (laughs) a lot went down that app yeah i feel like it probably still is Uh, just facebook is gathering all the data on it um i would have to agree that social media is uh monopoly here Um, i mean if you look at it you have one site where you're going to share social things, connect with people, that's Facebook. You have one site where you can make mini blogs, that's Twitter. There's no competition. 
No one's competing with them because even if they get close to competing with them, as Instagram did, they're bought out. Yeah. Um, whether somebody should step in on that, I, I don't think. I think, you know, these companies, in my opinion, are weak. It's, you know, if you're up and coming and you went that far... And you're number two. Like, let's say Instagram was ever number two to Facebook. Maybe they were. Why would you sell in? I, I mean, you went that far. You Maybe next year you could be the new Facebook. I mean, we watch Facebook in my lifetime, even. I'm only 29. In my lifetime, I watched the transition whenever MySpace was the thing, where you had your little music on your page and your friends could go there and see your Three Days Grace playing. And then we watched that transition to Facebook. You know, Facebook was for old people. And then we ended up on Facebook. And Facebook kind of pushed MySpace out of out of the game. I think that's, <clears throat> that's the scare there. Is yeah. Are we the next MySpace? So most founders, most people who are running these companies that are up and coming are more risk averse to the point where if they're offered a good lump sum of money to take that stress off their mind and basically go retire themselves at a young age, they're going to take that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame them for that. It's, It's beyond the point here. I mean, the point is, is it right that Facebook in what is now known as Meta is able to acquire what I would say makes up a, probably 90% of social media usage. Yeah. If you look at what we've had previously, what the government's done with monopolies, you have AT&T. And each company now from AT&T is sort of thriving. I mean, Sprint and T-Mobile teaming up. I think had a lot of people worried that no, they're all just going to join up again. But I feel like Sprint and T-Mobile nah. were the two smaller ones, uh, Verizon and AT and T themselves. Yeah, actually, ones, and I think AT and T is going to be pretty risk averse when it comes to any acquiring of competitors directly. I mean, they acquired what was it Direct TV? Yeah, I and mean, I don't think AT and T has interest in Verizon anyway. Yeah, no, because. The history of that company, if you go way back, AT&T actually kind of helped Verizon out and, and pick them up to avoid, you know, I would imagine monopolization. <laughs> if Verizon would have failed, AT&T would have been the only carrier at that time. And they picked them up. And and now they almost work together as a team, if you think about it. AT&T, they're known for the world's best, or the nation's best coverage and 3g technology whereas verizon's trying to push 4 and 5g mm-hmm. so uh, they both have their place but i i don't think at&t is ever going to try to acquire verizon i think not. that would be a terrible move for them i think their plan now is to hell with t-mobile sprint those two irrelevant <laughs> verizon's their main competition that kind of shows when at&t made the jump into television and T-Mobile's getting up there, though, in the they in are. the more city areas. 
I just think it's because they're cheaper. Yeah. You got they offer four G technologies though. So I mean, I I don't know. I I guess uh, a lot of people on the West Coast they seem to have T Mobile that I've talked to at least. Maybe that's coincidental, but we have a little brother still though. Those two. Yeah, Those two aren't worried about T-Mobile at all. They're at a point where it's them versus each other. Yeah. In every I mean, they're in. It's, it's interesting to watch. And that story is normal in history. It goes back to the Apple and Microsoft. You know, there was one point where Microsoft picked Apple up and helped them out. They didn't acquire them. They picked them up. And because they were failing at one time, and, and now they're excelling exponentially. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's nice to see that, though. You know, being in the field and, and of computer science, it is nice to see that, because at the end of the day, I mean, everything is driven by money. It is business. But at the end of the day, as a scientist in that field, it is nice to see advancements and, and see the field grow outside of just what can we sell and how quickly so i think uh that's where it's those these sectors are differing from social media uh, we see snapchat constantly talked about as decline and there's no attempt for meta at all those metas their direct better instagram is the direct competitor of snapchat yeah. Snap has the messaging features and screams pictures. And there's no attempt at all to help that company out, keep them around just so you don't de- be declared as a monopoly. It's kind of as if they have a sense that they're immune to that case. But I think it absolutely could be made. It was the same case with Twitter as it was failing. It wasn't meta that helped them out. Elon Musk bought that company. Whether or not that's yeah. a good situation is another discussion, but yeah. it's not what we're discussing now. It's just Meta just doesn't have any interest in keeping any competition around. They're fine with being the only game in town, and they don't feel as if anybody can make the case of their monopoly. Yeah. And I think even with those two competitors still around, you can make the case that Meta is a monopoly. I'd say so for the time being. Um, you know, uh, one thought that I do have for Meta is with them having their hands tied into all these things, you know, they're they're acquiring messaging apps, somebody that's doing messaging very well. They're acquiring, well, they already have the social media app. They're king at that. And then they're acquiring Instagram, which is more of the media uh, sharing site. I guess, platform for photos and and modeling and such. So, uh, you know, they're building this social media suite platform, if you will. And it makes me wonder if there's potential or idea within their engineering to potentially create like a social operating system, if you will, that competes with like Apple, Mac OS X, Windows 11, you know, Will they get into that sector? It's it'd be kind of curious. I'm kind of curious to see how they'd execute it. I think it's all speculation, though, on my part. <laughs> what plays into the conversation too 
And we never want to get blamed on this show. I don't think, for the most part, anyone, any one of us is political. Uh, we have our opinions. Our opinions don't lean either way entirely. Yeah. I think me and you especially are middle of the ground on most matters. So That's just my purse. Yeah. I, I think it's the personalities. It's We're just... I'm curious as a person. Like, if you have something different than what I know or believe in, I want to know about it. I, I'm curious. I That's how I learn. I, you know, let I me like, know. I like to equate picking a political party, like picking your favorite crayon color and arguing about <laughs> it. <laughs> you know you don't have the best color, but you're willing to fight about it. It's, it's not right. I think there's great ideas from both sides of the aisle here. If yeah. we could just merge them all into one and have it work, which sounds a lot like communism, but isn't communism. I think having more parties in the middle ground, like you could have left-leaning moderates, right-leaning moderates, libertarian-leaning moderates, hopefully not authoritarian moderates. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Just, yeah. we have this side, that side. We don't really talk about what's in the middle. There's those third parties never really get brought up, and it's a shame. I think the way the country was set up is, yeah, we went in multiple parties, we didn't just want to. That was yeah. the whole idea, and we're basically it's... one of the only countries that only cares about two. I mean, you got a bunch of parties through the British Parliament, for example. I mean, there is UKIP, which what I hear is the greatest party. But then you have the Tories, the Labour Party, Green Party. I mean, we have things like that. I guess Tories and Labour were Republican and Democrats. Said. But then you have things outside of that spectrum. You have Libertarians are covered and stuff like that. And I think that's what a lot of Americans feel they aren't represented fully. It's because you have to subscribe to one side and one side only can't subscribe to multiple points within a single point. Yeah. It's government's very controversial topic though, so it's it's very hard to take a stance, especially publicly. (laughs) So So when when I'm saying this, I'm trying to tiptoe around taking a stance on it, but if you take yourself outside of your personal beliefs here and you look at it these companies are definitely more left-leaning companies. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying it is a factual statement to say that a good portion, probably over 75% of Facebook, Twitter, social media as a whole leans towards the left. That's fine. It's when they start acting upon those opinions that they personally hold that it becomes not fun. And we see in the hearings now with ex-Twitter executives, that's what is happening. Yeah. You can't censor one side because it goes against your beliefs. It is that person's right to say their beliefs. 
it is not the right of a company to censor somebody, in my opinion. Now, I'm yeah. going to probably get a little flack for saying that because then people are like, well, what if people are telling people to go kill people, riot in the streets, burn down, bomb things? That's a whole different situation. you got to be a little bit realistic. It, people I mean, do take things a little too far. and it's yeah. There's the First gotta, Amendment, and then there's the law of the land. The law of the land says you can't tell people to do that because that is terrorism. Yeah. That's yeah. illegal in the first place. You don't have to worry about that. That is the federal government's problem to worry about. If people are saying, go shoot, go riot, go bomb, that is illegal. Yeah. Now, I think categorization, yes. I think things should be categorized. Moderators should still keep their jobs. We shouldn't eliminate jobs or anything because what they could be doing instead of censoring, uh, and this is just my opinion, but instead of just censoring, maybe they could allow that free speech and they could categorize it. So, you know, if it's not okay for a child to see, then pull it out of that queue so that children can't see it and only people above 18 or above 21 in some regions can see it. That's, I think that's good. That's all right. But... But censoring completely and taking it away, blocking it, and not allowing people to say what they want to say, to a certain extent, within reason, I think that's wrong. Exactly. And I think the big issue I had was absolutely banning a sitting president. I don't care if that president is Democrat, Republican. I don't care. That's a sitting president. You can't do that. While you let people like Vladimir Putin maintain their accounts, Xi Jinping, what Trump says is not nearly as harmful as what those two individuals who have accounts do. And I think that's the point to be made. I think we're, we're missing the fact here. I understand people are, are affected by other people's minds. Myself, I really don't care. <laughs> I don't care what people say about me. I could care less. That's your opinion, your thoughts. I have my opinions, my thoughts on you. So. Yeah. I don't it's... say them as publicly as they do, but <laughs> it's the same thing. Everyone yeah. has a judgmental side. We all judge each other. It's just some people don't have filters. Yeah. Not everyone's going to agree with everything that that somebody says, and, and that's okay. I mean, you know, and if somebody really... Uh, for, and, and I would like to throw this in there. You know, if somebody... And I'm being sincere as possible. If somebody really is pissed about something that somebody says, especially me, uh, you know, let me know. I'd like to have a discussion on that with you. You know, if I piss you off, then maybe there's just a misunderstanding or maybe you could help me see the other side. To, you know, maybe a side I'm not seeing. Definitely open to that kind of thing. I think it's strange that what I just said is they don't have filters. This whole podcast put around not having a filter on what we said. Yeah. And it's interesting because at the same time, we do still have filters on. We're not going to say, go kill so-and-so because I don't like them. That's not something we're going to say ever. 
Nah. We're in a position now where we're talking about politics where I believe so far we've spoken truthfully of how we feel. But it's a shame that you kind of have to tiptoe, and it's always been that way. Religion, politics, don't talk about those are hot issues. And it's like, why are they hot issues? Like, it wouldn't be a hot issue if we all just contained our emotions, mm-hmm. heard the other side out, and reacted calmly in a calm fashion. And that, I think, that, that discourse is missing in society anymore. And I think it started yep. with our parents' parents. And because that divide in the 60s with hippies and that whole movement kind of made that a hot topic. I believe before that, we could talk about politics freely. I mean, there was definitely opinions that were hot topics back then. Slavery, which I don't understand how you can support that. But <laughs> people did. Yeah. Stuff like that. That was not to be talked about. But politics didn't care if you were a Whig. The people who cared were in office. Yeah. Outside of that, people at home didn't ask each other their political affiliations. Who cares? I feel like we're getting away from that so much to where people are deciding who they're friends with based off of that. Oh, yeah. There's def. I've witnessed that before. Not firsthand, but I've seen friends turn on each other and mm-hmm. and people get into physical altercations over it. Like, that's... You're creating a record for yourself. You know, you're, you're getting into a physical altercation, potentially hurting somebody that you care about. It's not good. I, I, it's definitely not good. Yeah. So... I mean, it's... Uh, politics... I, something about it that needs fixed and I'll I'll stay there <laughs> yeah. I mean we can agree political situation come together let's do this as a whole let's not try to work against each other and try to beat each other out let's talk so censorship not allowing talk and being the only place where I think a lot of people get their information it can't happen to the level it was. I think when you have people telling people, hey, drink bleach, that will cure COVID. That probably shouldn't be allowed. That's that's dangerous advice. So I understand moderation on that part. I'm talking about banning people because of political affiliations. Don't do that. It's childish. Let's stay away from that. Um, yeah. In terms of true. being a monopoly, there's a good argument for it. I don't think they should have the power. And I think that's on us as individuals that we gave social media such power over our lives. And But at the same time, they shouldn't exploit it. It should be that even ground of, we know everyone uses us. We need to be fair and, and responsible in what we do as a company and see fit to that. Yeah. I think if they get back to doing that, the case for them being broken up wouldn't be so strong. If they were responsible and fair, it wouldn't be so strong. But as it stands right now, they are a monopoly. Undoubtedly. Yeah. I think that's easy to agree on. 
I think um, that ends the Monopoly part, which gets us into our final segment. And my personal favorite segment, which is the Dark Unsolved. Yeah. Uh, this is a very famous case. Um, if you haven't seen the videos of it, I highly recommend pausing this video, looking up Lars Patank, and just watching for yourself the final moments of this man's life as we know it. Not saying he is deceased. I'm saying these are the final moments that we can confirm he was alive and we can actually see it as a public. Um, it's a little unnerving. It's weird. It definitely sends off strange vibes. So I recommend to do that and then come back. But we'll, in the meantime, get into that. Um, to give a little overview, on June 30th, 2014, Lars and a couple of friends went over to Varna, Bulgaria, to a seaside resort. Um, his friends reported that he was in a good mood. They were relaxing on the beach. They swam, went clubbing, all that stuff. Um, which takes us to their last night in Bulgaria. Um, Lars and his friends were at a bar. Lars got into a disagreement with a couple other German nationals over soccer. Um, this disagreement ended up in his friends leaving, Lars staying there, and then returning beaten and bloodied by what he said were four men hired by the group whom he disagreed with. Um, this, this resulted in Lars having an injured jaw as well as a ruptured eardrum. Um, that next day, Lars went to a doctor who advised him to not fly due hit, to his uh, ruptured eardrum, prescribed him an antibiotic, and Lars went back to the hotel with his friends, let them know. His friends wanted to stay with Lars, but Lars said he'd be okay, and they went home. After this, Lars booked a hotel that was close to the airport, but started acting paranoid. Uh, he called his mother and was whispering, telling her that people were trying to kill him or rob him. He wanted her to cancel his credit cards. Um, CCTV from inside the hotel recorded him pacing up and down halls, looking out windows, and eventually hiding in an elevator. Um, afterwards, he left the hotel and returned an hour later. It is not known what he was doing during this period. There's no information on that. Um, after that night, in the morning, he called his mother. He told her that people were pursuing him and were getting closer. And that leads us to Lars showing up at the airport with baggage, ready to go. Um, he goes in, texts, texts his mother, tells her that he has arrived at the airport, and goes to the airport doctor. The uh, doctor described him as erratic, paranoid, and doctor says he told Lars that he could fly home, he'd be fine. But Lars did not leave his office. He was doubting the medication that he was taking, at which point a construction worker entered the office. It is important to know here that 
at the time the airport was undergoing renovations and the doctor said Yars, Lars started trembling and yelled I don't want to die here I have to get out of here he then got up fled the office which we get that portion on CCTV leaving the airport running and then jumping a fence and running off into what looks like a field that leads to woods um, that's the last yeah. time anybody saw Lars just fades off in the video he just so far away at that point he's probably a mile out there yes it's like i mean it's it's interesting um no one knows what came of him i mean there's theories that he could have had an underlying mental illness that led to having a mental breakdown and that led to this. Um, One could speculate that something was going on. Maybe something was given to him. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's <coughs> it's it's not news these days. Whenever you travel outside of your country, you got to be careful. You got to do your research. Check the local laws. Check. Got to do your research, no matter where you go. Yeah, I mean, um, his mother has come out and said he's experiencing hunting and fishing, trapping. But who knows how long he can survive doing that, especially in a seaside town where you know it's going to get hot and muggy during those summer months when large did run to those fields. And what little we have to speculate on is that he wasn't in a normal state of mind, or at least he was not acting as such. Absolutely, and we don't know. He could have been telling the truth. Maybe there were people hired out to get him. Yeah. So. It's a pretty big open letter there. Uh, pretty big open chapter. I think um, it's important to say that there have been supposed sightings, nothing confirmed. I mean, we have a truck driver who thought he saw him hitching in Varna, which is the town of Bulgaria that he was last seen. Uh, in 2019, it's the most recent one, that German truck driver gave a hitchhiker a ride from Dresden to Schildau in Oberhavel, Brandenburg. Uh, the driver at the time was unaware of Lars's case, and later became aware and has said that the man he gave a ride to looked like an older version of Lars. He had long hair, a beard, prominent cheekbones, and his eyes seemed tired, which, I mean, that's pretty general description of most people who are hitchhiking. They're going to be tired. They're not sleeping in a nice, comfortable bed for the most part. Yeah. Especially if they are homeless, they're going to have prominent cheekbones and not eating being well nourished. But it also could be Lars. How he got to Germany <laughs> from Bulgaria is another question. Um, if he is the hitchhiker that the hitchhiker saw in Varna, that could be why. But the question also leads to why hasn't he gone home at this point? Yeah, that's true. If he's in Germany. Well, I'm hoping that maybe this was a cover for him. He just wanted to get away. 
he made yeah. that decision where it was time to start a new life. And Lars is still out there. For all we know, Lars could be listening to this podcast. <laughs> so, so, I mean, if you are Lars, reach out to your mom. Yeah, <laughs> at least just to her, let her know she's a year okay. So I know mothers, they hold on to that. They hold on to that belief. Um, yeah, they want you to be okay, and that confirmation is all you need. You don't even just buy a cell phone, throw it away afterwards. A ladder. Anything. If you do so. see Lars, he's 5'11", dark blonde hair, scar on his left forearm. Do you see anybody that looks like that? I believe the case is still open. They haven't closed it as being deceased due to time in between last sighting. Um, let your local police know. Yeah. Definitely. So we keep watching out. Everyone's going to watch out for everyone. Yep. I think that wraps up the episode. Yeah, I think it's about that time. It was a good discussion. Absolutely. Um, especially the Australia. I'm, I'm going to keep following that in the chat GPT integration with Bing. I'm very interested to see how those play out and Maybe one day we'll hear about Lars. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome to hear that he's okay and everything's good. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, like, subscribe, hit that bell. Uh, we have links to our merch in the description. Check that out. All designed by us. Um, if you want to yeah. see anything that isn't on there, or if you have any recommendations, let us know in the comments. Anything you want. want. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Um, We're very open. Yeah. Just any feedback or any any topic suggestions, absolutely. You know, we're always open. We're here to talk, talk about interesting things and uh, what you think matters. So let us know. Thank you all for listening. No hard feelings. (laughs) (laughs) See you all next time. See you guys.